Um, we are going to start a new series today. We've been we've finished a series on the Book of Mark, and uh, this series we've called Piki Te Ora, which means um, sort of we think that that translates to let life increase. And so this the series is all about life in all its fullness. And uh, I have the pleasure of starting that off this morning. And uh, the series is based around an eight-week uh, video series that. A counsellor um, called Belinda Stott from the South Island, she's, her and her husband have put this together uh, for, for churches and for small groups to be able to have as a resource. Um, and that's the same couple who are going to be doing our marriage course, on this, uh, our marriage seminar on the 16th of July. So uh, it's not too late if you want to RSVP for that one, but it's a real gift to have these resources. And so our Sunday uh, sermons, I guess, will be, our teaching will be uh, roughly kind of tied into the topic that there'll be a video for throughout the week. So the way it'll work is we'll share um, a biblical message on the Sunday around that topic, and then the video will come out um, probably today or tomorrow, which you can use in small groups. Um, we have two small groups that are available to join. So it's a great series to be able to jump into a group to, um, to watch the video together and to discuss it. So we'll have that. Um, we've got one on Tuesday in our SpaceX store um, with myself and one on Wednesday with Lloyd. And they're open for anyone to join. So if you'd like to come along, then let me know and we can give you the details of the time and everything like that. Um, or you might like to invite a couple of other people to join you in what we call a G3, a group, a group of three that meet once a week. So, um, or you might like to watch the video yourself and, or with your household and, um, and then reflect on that together. So some of the topics that we're going to be looking at, I guess they're, they're roughly around kind of mental health. And um, so this morning our topic is on beating burnout. And some of the other things that we're going to be looking at in this series are around um, fear and depression, um, grief. How do we deal with people that are kind of difficult to deal with? Um, how do we like? How do we kind of navigate these things wisely? So, uh, this morning, like I say, we're going to be looking at burnout. So, I'm going to just there'll be a little bit of sort of a technical thing around like what is burnout and and what can we learn about that today, and then also what what what's the good news of the gospel for us around um, around this topic of burnout. So Lord, I thank you that you're here with us. I thank you that as we've worshipped and even just gathered here and gathered by Zoom, that your presence is with us. And we just turn our awareness to you. We, we thank you for the way that you've spoken to us already this morning, that we've had the richness of your scripture, of song that sing of your goodness, of your mercy towards us. And we just lean in to, to kind of taste more of that this morning to soak up your truth and um, everything that you have for us, those good things. So come, Holy Spirit, and be speaking through me and to us this morning. Amen. All right, let's get technical. The, there's, uh, when the term burnout was originally around 1975. There was a guy who um, termed that definition. And he kind of said there's, there's three components to it. So we'll just look at those three really briefly. So one is what they call depersonalization. And so it's almost like you're, when your empathy is depleted, when you know, your caring or your compassion 
you kind of is draining and you separate yourself from the work that you're doing. It's almost like you're emotionally shut off from what you're doing. Um, and it's become, they call that depersonalization. And then the second one is a decreased sense of accomplishment. And that's kind of like you're working harder and harder with less of a sense that anything's making any difference. And the third one, and the, probably the, the biggest kind of component, I guess, is emotional exhaustion. So in the video that we watched this week, you'll hear Belinda talk about um, burnout being like an emotional overdraft in the same way that we can spend more money that we have in the bank account and find ourselves in overdraft. We can, the same can happen emotionally. We can, we can be drained of more than we had in the, in the account to begin with. And so it's this fatigue that comes from caring too much for too long. And so often uh, the most common experience of burnout for women is this emotional exhaustion. And for men, it's often the depersonalization, the kind of separating yourself emotionally from your work or what you're doing. So that's what we're meaning when we talk about burnout. There's these three components, quite different from maybe uh, being physically exhausted or something like that. A lot of it is around the emotional aspect. So another kind of technical part of, of what's helpful to understand is that there's a difference between what we call a stressor and the stress that it, that creates in our bodies. So the stressors are the things that are happening, the events that are happening, what you know, the, the things that are, are draining our energy or are, are causing us um, the stress. And then the stress is the physiological thing that happens in our body in response to the things that are happening. So if we think about what some of the stressors might be, what if you just shout out, what, so, what are some of the things that might be stressors? Children, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parenting, for sure. What else? Money. Money, yeah. Lockdown. Lockdown, yeah, for sure. The events in the world. Health, yeah, for sure. There's our work it can be a big stressor. We have, you know, um, initially burnout was only really like in this when they when they were defining it in the seventies. It was only ever looked about at work, and it was never really acknowledged that there would be things outside of that that could also lead to burnout. Um, but these days, there's much more of an awareness that goodness me, you know, parenting and um, just kind of making our way through things in the world. There's no shortage of stressors that we experience. But, um, you know, and, and God made us with bodies. And we have, within our bodies, we have these amazing complex systems that, that do things to keep us alive and to help us to, um, you know, to be sustained. And so when we experience stressors, then there's this our stress um, response that happens in our body. And so often what people would, you know, if you think evolutionary, that would be when you're being chased by a lion, then every system in your body makes you run. And we know about the fight or flight or freeze responses. And those are all part of that, the stress that's being created in your body in response to this threat or the perceived threat that you're experiencing. So if you're being chased by a lion and, and um, not in New Zealand, then, um, or now, you know, it's sort of basically, you know, the, um, the every part of your body is using energy to respond to keep you safe, to escape from that threat. And it's all focused on your one goal, which is to survive. 
So maybe you manage to get back to your village and get away from the line and the lion gives up and you jump up and down and you people come and listen to you tell the story and maybe you give them a hug and you, you know, there's sort of like, oh, thank goodness, that threat has gone and now, you, you know, do you just kind of suddenly feel normal in yourself? And well, you don't just kind of carry on like that just happened and cool, now I'm just going to eat my lunch and, and carry on. It's like there's this stress that's left in your body because of the response that, it's, that, that it, it so wonderfully has actually to keep us alive. So the, the stress response, they talk about it as having a cycle and it's helpful for us to understand that um, when we have an emotion, emotions have a beginning and they have a middle and they have an end. And the beginning is like when we would perceive that there's a threat. And then the middle is when we, we do something with our body in response to that. And the end is when our body receives the signal that we've, we've escaped the threat and we're now safe. And so that's, that cycle helps our bodies to then return to normal functioning. So the thing is that you can deal with the stressor, the thing you might deal with the situation like the exams that you've had that are causing you a lot of stress might be finished, but the stress that that's created in your body remains. It's not like that just goes away because the exams have stopped. And you'll often see that people then crash and get sick and you know you kind of hold on for so long. So part of what we need to learn how to do is to deal with that stress and to complete the cycle in a way that can help our bodies um, respond to that stress. So it's such a physical thing, isn't it? This, this thing of, of stress and what can lead to burnout. And I thought we'd jump in to look at the story of Elijah. Um, now he's one of the most famous prophets of the Old Testament. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, we hear the story of how he called on God to defeat the prophets of Baal who served the wicked Queen Jezebel and King Ahab. Now when Elijah called on God saying, Answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you are God and that you have turned their hearts back to you. God sent fire from heaven to obliterate the altar that Elijah had built on Mount Carmel while all of Israel stood by amazed. Incredible, incredible thing. And after this great victory, which caused the Israelites to, to abandon their pagan worship and to proclaim that the Lord is God, Jezebel vowed to murder Elijah. No small thing, no small stressor. So Elijah was exhausted and he fled into the wilderness and he hid himself under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I am no more... I am no better than my ancestors. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate more and he drank more. And strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And then he went into a cave and spent the night. So God meets Elijah in the middle of this exhaustion to the point of wanting to die with a snack and a nap. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, sometimes we realize it's kind of these simple things that we, we might think that those aren't, you know, those aren't the things that 
that God would provide most when we're, you know, uh, so desperate or that we might think are too kind of simple or um, we should be going for bigger, you know, things will, God create us as, create, created us as embodied souls. You know, we, we have bodies. There's no splitting off our body and our soul. And our bodies are good and they matter to God and our needs are not bad. They're, you know, our physical needs even uh, a you know really important part of actually this picture of um, beating burnout. And the encouraging thing is that you don't actually have to wait for the stress or the situation to go away before you can start to deal with the stress response in your body, which is good news because there's no um, it's a little bit relentless at the moment in terms of the stressors that lots of us are experiencing in the world. Um, so it's. It's encouraging for us that we can still deal with the stress response that we that it creates in us. And some of the really often really physical ways, this, these are the evidence-based ways that we can complete the cycle. And I love the simplicity of a lot of them. So when we have, you know, we've we've had these stressors, whether or not they're still going or not, uh, we have this when we're experiencing a lot of stress in our bodies. These are some things we can do. The first one and the most efficient one is any kind of physical movement. So whether that's going for a run or actually just jumping up and down on the spot or tensing your whole body and then relaxing it, um, dancing in your living room, any kind of physical activity is a very efficient way for your body to process stress and complete that cycle. So remember that emotions have a, a beginning, a middle and an end and these kind of things help us to, to complete that cycle. The second one is community or connection. So, you know, when you've escaped the line you, and you're back in your village, you tell other people about it. Part of what helps your body to feel safe is that you, oh, that's right, these, I'm connecting to people and that reminds me that I'm, that I'm safe. And sometimes even as little as someone in a coffee shop complimenting your outfit is enough of a connection for you to, to actually, for your body to... Um, to kind of return to a normal state and feel safe. Breathing is another really important one that when we when we do some deep breathing that is a really efficient way for our bodies to, to process that stress response. Laughter, I like this one and it's not that kind of fake laughter that we just like socially do because we think that's how we keep the thing kind of going. It's that somewhat awkward belly laughing that that really is um, an amazing way for our bodies to feel safe again and to to reduce that sense of a threat. Even remembering a time that you had an amazing laugh with someone is enough to trigger that same response in your body. Affection. There's um, research that says if you hug somebody for 20 seconds or more, that that is that um, that sense of connection and affection physically reduces your your stress response, that feeling of safety comes often through that kind of affection. Crying is another one, that, that process in your body is extremely helpful. And the last one is creative expression. So sometimes you'll see if someone is, um, has had a, you know, a really traumatic loss or, or is grieving, then often they'll, they'll be encouraged to go, to, to kind of almost process that through some form of creative expression. If someone's a dancer, maybe they, they express what they're going through in the way that they come up with a dance, or maybe it's um, there's lots of ways that we can do something that um, almost expresses 
and helps us in the process to complete this cycle. So those are the, some of the ways that evidence tells us we can complete the stress response, not just dealing with the thing that caused it. So, um, I don't know, I'm a somewhat visual kind of person and I, I find it helpful to have some things that um, almost we can picture this. And when, you know, one of those ways of looking at feelings or emotions is that they're a tunnel, or that they're like a tunnel, they're not a tunnel, but they're like a tunnel in that you have to go all the way through it to get to the light at the end. And what they've found about burnout in research is that it doesn't happen when we experience these emotions or it doesn't happen just when we experience stress. It happens when we get stuck in that and when we get stuck partway in the tunnel and don't go through the other side. So, you know, if we, if we remember that they have a beginning and a middle and an end, then if we're not kind of going through them, we don't get that end part of the cycle and the, that kind of feeling that we're actually, the threat has gone away. Um, so this is a really important thing for us. So you know, maybe we get stuck because we keep just getting exposed more and more to situations that trigger the response in us. But maybe sometimes we get stuck because we just don't know how to turn towards an emotion or how to experience it in a way that we can deal with it. We can't find our way through the tunnel. Maybe sometimes we just hide under a tree and want to die. Maybe, you know, we might kind of feel like, oh, the, the issue is gone, so surely I should be okay now, and I'll just like shove it all down, even though I'm still feeling the effects of it. And maybe I'll just hide it. And, you know, let's be honest, some of the, the most kind of treacherous emotions are just too hard for us to deal with on our own. Like, we might feel like we kind of, gosh, if we're in a tunnel, it feels more like a cave and it's got predators in there, and I don't, you know, get me out of this thing, but we don't actually know how to, we feel like it's too scary to delve into those kind of emotions. And so in that way, we need a loving presence that can help us find our way through. And as we know, you know, people all over the world are looking for an escape. Um, it's very easy to want to escape those kinds of feelings or when we're feeling overwhelmed or when we're feeling drained to, you know, that tendency to want to then look for a way out of it, like get me out from under the weight of all of this life on earth, but we know that we can't really escape that. It's not, you know, I guess the best that the world can offer is some sort of temporary distraction um, or maybe a delaying what's inevitable or denying it. Um, but what one thing they do know about burnout is that this, the cure for it can't be self-care, which is often the suggestion that's given who find yourself in this kind of place. Um, oh, you know, just like, the, the what kind of things around self-care are we often told? Like, if you shout out some, what does self-care look like? What we're often told, you know, you just need to, just do some self-care. What kinds of, go get a massage. Kevin, oh. you know, I don't know. Um, just, just relax, you know. <laughs> Those sort of things, it's like, you know, just, just yeah, take some time out, go and, yeah, go and just relax. It's like, well, when you're at that kind of place, it actually doesn't, that doesn't do a thing to when you're burnt out. So how is the gospel, how is Jesus good news for us in this sense around when we're looking at beating burnout? If that's what the world can offer, 
and that the research has proven that you can't self-care your way out of burnout, then what about, what does Jesus have to say? Or what has he done for us? And, you know, we, we've sung about it this morning that we have this saviour and this friend who walks with us in, through the valley. We have someone who made himself, um, we have a God who made himself one of us to come and to be human and to enter into the very core of our brokenness and our needs and our struggles. Um, and, you know, that the very familiar kind of passage to us, the invitation of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's the kind of thing with Bernard, it's like this sort of like your soul is tired as you're emotionally drained, not just, you know, it's, yes, we need a nap and that can help and a, a, some food and all those things that we talked about that help us um, experience relief when we're in that place. But here Jesus, and many other times in so many parts of scripture and where we watch him in the way that he was, he has this invitation to us to take on his yoke instead of the one that we have to calm and when we're when we're weary and burdened to that he will give us rest and so you know this is what he offers us and there's a top scholar on the gospel of Matthew Frederick Dale Bruner and he he kind of gives insight into this easy yoke thing so let me read a quote from him a yoke is a work instrument Thus, when Jesus offers a yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We cannot get away from them. So instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that obedience to his Sermon on the Mount, to his yoke, will develop in us a balance and a way of carrying life that will give more rest in the way that we've been living. So if we were to paraphrase it, maybe, you know, Jesus might be saying, get in the yoke with me. Let me disciple you. I'll be the weight of your burden. My yoke is good and you'll find rest and companionship in our labor together. And here, you know, an easy life is not the goal, but an easy yoke is. In Isaiah 58, verse 6, Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. So Jesus, if we're willing, releases the yoke of our oppression and encourages us to take on his yoke instead. <coughs> And it's incredibly good news that we get to experience life in all its fullness as disciples of Jesus. That we can be, that we can choose to be yoked to him. It kind of is almost like, feels like, in a way, like, why would you want to be yoked to anything or anyone? Isn't it like just break all yokes? But we are yoked to such a benevolent being, to, to love personified, which is no shackled kind of thing. This is like, let me carry this for you.
And it's so easy for us to confuse the difference between being a servant and a saviour. Our burden is light when we take on the posture of a servant, when we release our fears, when we release our need to, to control or our impulse to save. You know, these are some of the factors that can contribute to burnout when we feel like we take on more than what is ours to carry. We might want to, you know, sometimes we've, we have these ways that we kind of just learn to be, to be accepted in the world and to be successful, and sometimes we want to please others or um, we can be overly responsible. And th these are some of the things that, that we can find ourselves carrying and, and contribute to this sense of, um, of being drained emotionally. As we sung this morning, Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I don't know, like, how are you feeling this morning? Just check in with yourself. Do you feel like you lack nothing? Do you feel like you're lying down in green pastures? Do you feel like you're going, you know, beside quiet waters? Is your soul refreshed? Is your cup overflowing? This is our God who, you know, even though sometimes we find ourselves lacking the, the refreshment and the rest or the comfort, you know, he, this is what he has promised. This is who he is. And, you know, in a sense, maybe it's helpful, again, visually for us to imagine Jesus in the tunnel with us. If our emotions are like a tunnel, uh, you know, where's Jesus in that tunnel with you? Is he with you? Is you know, is he at, at um, the beginning of the tunnel, or is he part way along? Is he right next to you? Is he walking ahead of you? But he is our good shepherd who enters that tunnel with us, who helps us move through it. That there's no point that we are left stuck on our own in any kind of way. And he, you know, he has given us the Holy Spirit who counsels us. We have the love of the Father that speaks to the part of, of us that needs to hear that we are loved, that needs to hear that we're safe, that we're worthy just as we are. Like we're, we're in good hands, even though we may sometimes experience this kind of exhaustion or burnout. That he has, what he has done means we can put our identity in him and in being his. And we can watch him, you know, when you're yoked to someone, it's, it's like we're, we're apprentices of Jesus. So we're, we're always working with him and watching, how is he doing it? How are you living, Jesus? What's your lifestyle like? You know, you're, you have a different pace, a different way of being. He, he would engage with people and he would withdraw. He would spend time with the Father. And there are these rhythms that, um, that we can have as an example of, of a way that we can live not just trying to kind of be like Jesus and doing lots of good things, but, but actually watching as apprentices, we do things like Jesus does them. So we can be watching, seeing how he does it. And that's such a process of learning. We don't need to feel like we're failing if we um, don't feel like we're living freely and lightly like he says we can. You know, it's a, if we find ourselves experiencing these, some of these components of burnout, um, in his mercy, he can show us, like, where are we doing things in our own strength? Where, where, is, where are things, where's the energy draining out of the bank account or out of the bucket? 
and he can help us, you know, the Holy Spirit helps us to even um, connect with how we're feeling, like what, what's happening for us when it feels unsafe, like the reason why so often we don't move through the emotions is because it's kind of confronting and hard to actually sit with these, the ones that are, you know, where there's fear or where there's trauma or there's you know, so many things that can be really difficult for us to to really kind of sit with and process because that's hard on our own. We're not designed that way. But our God meets us and, and is so deeply committed to um, to being in that with us and not leaving us to, to do any part of that ourselves. One simple practice that might help us with turning our attention towards Jesus and learning his ways is uh, the daily examine, a daily practice of examining our lives. So this is, can be one tool that can help us because sometimes you just keep going and going and going. And a lot of the time with burnout, people don't realize it's like two years down the track from what's been building and then they it's only kind of when you crash or something gets really bad that you realize oh that was actually kind of happening for a long time and I was ignoring what my body was telling me or I was just feeling like I need to keep going there's no one else they just need to you know we, we kind of just keep going and so some of these practices can help us each day or sometimes even twice a day maybe at lunchtime maybe at the end of the day we could set a reminder in our phones or however you do that kind of thing, even just for, for five or ten minutes. And it's really simple. You, you, you just um, you become aware of God's presence. And the thing is, you're, you're almost like that visual kind of thing where we're paying attention to our emotions, how, you know, what some of the things might be, like, where did I feel most drained today? Like, if I look back over, you know, this first half of the day, where, where did I feel like things were most draining for me? Where did I feel like, what, what gave me energy? Where did I feel most kind of energized or alive? Or at the end of the day, sort of thinking, when, when, when did I experience rest today? Or what, what did the load feel like that I was carrying today? Did it feel like it was too much on my shoulders? And this is the kind of thing that the Holy Spirit will help us with, actually, um, with, with things like this, with reviewing this, and then we can simply offer that to him trust that he will show us that next step you know we can say oh gosh yeah again i i really was trying to save that person and um and and then that sense of well you know uh, he is the one that's carrying he's people's savior he is the one that's carrying things and we can simply then roll things back onto him and ask for his help in learning and living as he's inviting us to so maybe you'd like to try that this week. Um, I'll include in the email out just some of those prompts that might help us. But as I said, the research has shown you can't self-care out of burnout. The other thing is you need, um, you need a community of love around you. You need people who care about and are committed to your well-being. So it's all of us caring for each other. And sometimes we might think that we just need a bit more grit or a bit more discipline and then would be good or maybe we actually need some help and maybe we need to experience some kindness or some compassion from people. So what the research shows is that actually connection with people and sharing support is the way out of burnout and it's also the way to prevent it, you know, as, as we can, um, you know, and this is how, you know, the way of Jesus is lived in community. 
We're not, you know, we are image bearers who reflect God's love to each other. We speak in words and in actions and in our presence that, you know, you're valuable and your well-being matters. We speak to each other in different ways that you are loved. We share these human experiences. We bear one another's burdens. We share meals. We, you know, when someone's struggling, we take them a meal or we um, invite them into our homes to show hospitality. We look out for who's struggling and who might be um, vulnerable or who's lonely and, and we connect with each other. We connect physically with hugs that reduce our stress and give us um, good hormones that help our bodies to respond to stressors. And we prefer one another. You know, this is the way of Jesus that, that we're invited into. And we're not, you know, when, we, when we're reaching out to people like Jesus did, we're not yoking them to ourselves that we are then carrying them. We are inviting them to, and we're inviting each other to see that, you know, there's this invitation to be yoked to Jesus. So we can then give out of what we've been given, but in a way that knows um, our place in that, that we invite them. And so every time we gather together here, we're leaning into this way of community. And it's kind of countercultural in a lot of ways, um, to, you know, feeling like you're meant to be really self-sufficient and just um, carry everything on your own. And as well as that, you need to, to care for yourself enough to get out of emotional exhaustion. But we get to pray for one another. We get to um, experience this kind of love together. And so we reach together for what Jesus has for us um, and for our brothers and sisters. So we get to do that together this morning. Um, we get to, you know, we, there'll be people amongst us here who are carrying things that feel too heavy or that, you know, maybe in yourself. Um, as we've been talking and reflecting, there might be things you can feel, you know, that you feel the effects of stress in your body and how you might be carrying that. It might be totally off your radar because you're that stressed, it's hard to even connect with what might be going on. Or you might feel really um, energised and, you know, and there, there will always be that sense of that there's people amongst us that need to receive something fresh from um, God this morning or um, throughout the week. So as we finish, let's just, um, let's just welcome and see what Jesus would like to do. It's one thing to, to talk and be reminded of the fact that he comes and meets us right in the middle of... Um, tunnels or valleys or on mountaintops but um, this is the God that's here with us right now and so let's just um, pray and then we'll just we'll just wait and see